There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're making a little rice. Oh, are we rice? Yeah, we're having a rice swirl. We're making dukana rice, curry chicken... Randall's making a beetroot chocker, which is like a kind of spiced beetroot kind of curried situation. So if we're getting deli rice, then it must be somebody special. Who's coming today? <laughs> today's guest I don't know. Today's Why don't you tell me? Yeah. <laughs> me, and you, me and you, T, are excited because today's guest is David motherfucking Steven. Awesome. No. Seaman was probably one of the first footballers I really remember hearing his name because he had such a um, an image as well. You know, he had a ponytail. He was a brilliant. He was brilliant at what he did. He was this amazing hero of a goalkeeper. So I, he really represents like when I first started noticing football as a child and when I started really loving football. So I'm very excited. My dad, Garfield, is a QPR fan. David, of course, uh, played for QPR as well. And Garfield is devastated that he's not here. But my mum's going to have to love David Seaman for, for Garfield as well. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, for someone who says that they don't know anything about football, she's come in Arsenal colours today. Can you? Uh, I, know. I didn't know that they were Arsenal colours. It's just my nice, like, fly look. Yeah? Sure you do. Who's David Seaman bringing today as well? Yeah. He's bringing his wife, Frankie. It's a lovely love story. They met on Dancing on Ice, and uh, I just think they really found the soulmates in their lives when they found each other, and it feels like they've got a really beautiful bond and union. He seems like a really lovely husband. She said he's a total rock, a great supporter of everything she does, and he gives great hugs. I, I think I love him. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome to our home, David and Frankie. Thank you so much for coming all the way. We really, really appreciate it. No, thank it. you for having us. It's yeah. such a beautiful space. And Rain. smells coming from this kitchen are just <laughs> driving me wild. It's driving me. Oh, I love that we're driving Frankie crazy, guys. <laughs> She's only been here like 15 minutes. And actually, Makita, I have to compliment you on your... Is it chai, spice chai? Cardamom, green and black, cinnamon, honey... Ginger and then of oat amazing. milk as well to kind of cream it out. It's just the most comforting thing. Mm. I could just I sit and bed. smell it all day. Yeah, I'd actually like a candle made of this. Yeah, it yeah. smells amazing. It smells amazing, doesn't mm. it? So shall I tell you what we've got to eat? Oh yes, please. Uh, we've got some deli rice. This is Randell. And this is it's specifically called deli rice because it's got tons of butter and thyme in it. Basically, it's <gasps> really fluffy, wow. it's delicious. And we've got some pickled chili pickled shallots. Then we've got a chicken curry. 
like proper curry chicken, old school Caribbean style. And then these are dukana, which Jokana. are dukana. That sounds a, northern. I was just going to say, that's really funny. Dukana. I've never thought of that before. That sounds like something you say to your mum, like dukana. Dukana. Because it's an old heritage, like antique and steamed fresh coconut sweet potato dumpling. Oh, there you go. Um, that so doesn't that's, sound that's, that's, <laughs> so somewhat And immediately north. we've left the north. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then we've got a beetroot chocolate, which is like a kind of pickled, spiced beetroot that me and Randell have been arguing over because I wanted oh, to put sultanas you. in it and he wouldn't let me. Oh, but wow. it's really delicious. And he's put a little tadka on the top, which is like a little fried spice. Lovely. Sautéed the spices just to bring the flavours right up. Yeah. David, some oh. rice. Go on, Thank you. Did you. Are you responsible for all the butter in this rice? <laughs> yeah. I might leave David and marry you. <laughs> butter is literally my go-to food. You married a good woman, David, didn't oh, you? Yes. Bloody hell. Well done. Congratulations <laughs> on the excellent wife. I remind yes. him of that every day. <laughs> <laughs> but it must have been an extraordinary experience because I love the idea of taking on a new unexpected challenge, i.e. learning to bloody skate on ice, yes. and then something beautiful extra coming beautiful. from that bravery and that courage. Oh, no, it, it was, you know... And- so that's how you met. Tell us how you so, met. So we met through Dancing on Ice. Right. You know, we, that was the first time we met. Frankie was actually dancing or skating with Lee Sharp. Oh, you weren't partnered. No, we oh, weren't no. partnered. We weren't even in the same no, series. No, I, I did the very first series of Dancing on Ice. All right. Oh, my God. Quite <laughs> <laughs> Ex- <laughs> <our> expert. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's yeah. extra you know brave. So yeah. no, celebrities, no celebrities had done this before. So you no, were like the first so we round. Were, yeah. And... Frankie, then the next, was it the next year? was, weren't it? Yeah, I did series two. You did it, and then skated with Lee Sharp. So I went on a VT and I said hello and everything and that, and then left that, and then went on tour, and Frankie was on the tour with Chris Fountain. Oh, so right. we'd said hello then. So and this then, was a year, another year yeah. later. And like then two, another year down later. the line. So this all happened I was, on tour, did it? Yeah, okay. well, the second tour, because I was, I was a guest judge on one of the shows at Wembley, and then, you know, we met, now I met Frankie right, again. Right, across the ice. And, and that was it. Like, so, like, third time years. lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know you liked her then, straight away? I mean, I look good in a skating outfit. I, 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 I bet. I bet. I checked the cards when you came <laughs> in. I saw it all happening. I bet you too. Yeah. But, no, it was, yeah, I was uh, So, I was are you... Because, I mean, I was thinking... After being, you know, the top of your sport, yeah. you know, absolutely at the very, very top of what you do, to then go and do something that you're not the best at. No, and I tell you what, it was, it's the most nervous I have ever felt in my yeah. life. I bet. Waiting in the tunnel of Dancing on Ice, really? waiting to go out. The first week, so the first show wasn't too bad because it was the first series. We right. didn't know how many people were going to watch it. Right. After the first week, we found out it peaked at 14.3 million. We oh, my like, God. Oh, shoot. That's a lot of people. But I mean, that's the like, amount of people watching a football game. Yeah, I know, but I'm doing... That's my football. I do that every day. Mm. The ice skating, I know that I can fall over at any time. Oof, and yeah. it, it was that bad. You know, you go out and you, your mouth's so dry, you start shaking. Oh. And, oh. and you go out and the first thing you've got to do is present and you smile and your top lip stays up there. <laughs> <laughs> 
as your mouth is that dry, you're like, uh-oh. You're like, good start. <laughs> yeah. What's present? Is that when you sort of do the swirling you do your little bit and then you're in. like, yeah, but like if you watch, if you watch the show, when, when the celebs come out, they come out of the tunnel and they, they, they're like so happy to get out, but then, then you have to stop in the middle oh. and you watch oh. some of the celebs trying to stop. <laughs> but I actually YouTubed you because I thought, I wonder what it's like. And you look quite slick. Mum thinks you yeah. were brilliant. No, I, I was like, it's actually quite good. But I could skate. I could skate before right. I did the show. So I did. Uh, I used to skate, actually, which is weird, at the same place where Frankie learnt to skate in Sheffield. Oh, wow. Oh, but there's, there's nine years between us. So mm-hmm, I actually mm-hmm. hadn't, when he finished skating, she yeah. would have been 16. I hadn't even started at that point. I'm so much younger. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so well, of course. But I, I was never taught. I just did it, you know, like on school lessons sometimes we'd go there. Was it like hockey or just skating? Yeah, mo- mainly hockey skates. Got it. Um, and then I signed for Leeds as a 16-year-old. Goalkeeper and never skated, never skated for 22 right, years. Right, so it kind of you diverted to yeah. football basically. Then got back into. So you've it. been right. skating forever, Frankie, since you were ten. Ten. Wow. Ten. And what was it about skating that you loved? I hated it. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing about skating that I loved. I started skating with school. They had an, a Wednesday afternoon just for the oldest people in primary school. So they're like the last years you do. Right. Get to do art or swimming or skating. I mean, I'm terrible at art. David taught me to swim when I was 35, so I was no good at swimming. Right. But I was awful, and all the other little kids were like whizzing around and they're really good. And I know I was terrible, and I was clinging onto the side, terrified as most people are when they start skating. I'm a bit scared of the idea. Yeah. Well, I, a, I don't like ice coldy things. <laughs> and so, well, I'm just like it looks cold, and I'm like, yeah. I hear you. And then secondly, the blades freak me out. I feel like I'm if I fell, which I would. But you're a chef, so you deal with blades. All the time. Very yeah, but point. they're in my hand and I'm controlling yeah. them. Yeah. There's on somebody else's feet come flying by yeah. me. It's like a sort of, it's not it's, necessarily it's so logical. strange because everybody's scared of their fingers. Are they? That ain't the main injury. It's, What's the main It's injury? wrists and then back of their heads, isn't it? Right, of course. Oh, we, we went, literally, dangerous. we went two weeks ago and I actually fell over the first time for a long time. I fall like a goalkeeper though. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's, so bad. Like, it's bad. Knee oh. go down, elbow goes down to yeah, protect, yeah, yeah, and course. that's the worst thing. And it oh. went boing, and I was like, oh, and then my, my, my head, because I got that flip, whiplash in my neck, and oh, oh. my god, it's skating. So, so it happens to. He is a bit of a drama queen. Yeah, trust me, it's a long way down, and you give me, <laughs> yeah, give me skates. Really tall. I know. Right. It, yeah. No, I get How it. How tall are you? I'm six four. Well, I was. I'm on the way down. You're shrunk. I've shrunk. Really alarming, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I thought I was five foot five. They measured me down five foot three nine. I was absolutely yeah. furious. Furious. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
David, from a really young age, you were kind of, you, you used your body and you, you know, you were connected to the way your body worked for you. I mean, you must have been very athletic. What, what was the first experience with football for you? He's good at everything, by the yeah. way. Mm, nice. I know, I was. And I don't want to say that big-headedly or anything, but I loved sport. PE was my favourite lesson at school, mm. even to the extreme where, the, where I wasn't very good at academically, mm-hmm. right? So uh, it used to take a long while for me to do my homework and stuff. So and the teachers caught on to this, and they caught on to them how much I love PE. Mm-hmm. So they made me do my homework in the PE lessons as a lesson to make sure that I did it. Right. That's you a know, bit that mean. That was one of my punishments. <laughs> I know, that's what I thought. <laughs> do you, I do sometimes struggle with academia in this way because I think sometimes you're a physical genius uh, and a lot of your contemporaries are physical geniuses and I think sometimes alternative talents are can be put to one side Absolutely. for the sake of being you know good at maths or good at english and mm-hmm. if you're not oh you're rubbish at everything yeah and that's not the case and i do mm. sometimes struggle with that and i know obviously you know educationally wise i don't have time to spend with each individual child and develop their talents but why not no i think each it's individual child should be able to develop their talents actually and mm. i think that the idea that being having physical um, excellence comes second to having other academic yeah, excellence. Yeah. That's not fair because not, it's yeah. like literally putting the onus on half the amount of children. What about the yeah. other half? It's not one size fits all. And I mean, no, you, like, not. look at you as a chef. <laughs> and I actually think that it's not not just exercise, but sport is so yeah. important for our minds. Today, even now, I play a lot of tennis, <laughs> and that for me is like cathartic and therapeutic. And I also just I have so much fun with it. But when I was a kid, I was mixed race. We we didn't have any money so I wasn't shown that tennis or any racket sports oh, could be okay. for me right. with my peers we get given a football yeah but very rarely get given a racket mm-hmm. I mean how many black male or female well more female but there's no it's black not male really, tennis it's not players. really about race it's about class, no, class. Mm-hmm. absolutely it's about it's about about you've got any money accessibility I think sport is healing Absolutely yeah. healing as, a, as something to do for yourself. But also, I love football because I think it is the most uniting, joyous, celebratory. I wish I could write TV as exciting as a football game. Yeah. You cannot write that yeah. fucking narrative and that drama. It's too good. What it, was it like to be in the middle of that kind of heady time of beautiful Arsenal glory? It was brilliant. I've got like so many memories to look back on. I've got nine winners medals, mm-hmm. you know, and I've got a few runners ups as well. So we were like really on it. Um, and to be part of it with other great players as well, you know, that everybody knows, you know, like Burkamp and Henri and Wrighty, you know, just like really special players, you know. I even have heard of them. <laughs> yes, <ma'am>. <laughs> <laughs> I know That's how well they were doing. Uh, High praise indeed. Oh, no. yeah. I, I, I was not going on, the, on about the defensive unit and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, do, like, oh, I'll, do you, I'll do that with you later and I'll yeah. have some time. I totally will. Yeah. No, but to be there and but shoulder to, to shoulder, you are one of those great players. And do you know what's weird though about it is that to me, it, it just happened. You know, because it's what we did. We got on with it. And mm. it wasn't like one game was so much more special than the other. But they were continuous, mm. you know. And first, every time, new season, first game you look for, when we got Man United, they were our rivals at the time. Of course. Yeah. Right. You know, so that was that. And then when we got Tottenham. So they were two games that you look for. But we knew we had a special, a special team. And then Arsene came in, like, halfway through my career, really. Um, Arsene Wenger. Yeah, I know that. Okay. I was yeah. thinking and he, Wenger, and he brought Wenger. in. He changed everything. He changed the, the way that we were playing, the way we were training, the way we were looking after How ourselves. How did he do? What did he do? And then nutritionally, he changed everything. Oh. Right. You know, like pre-match meal for me normally would have been a salmon cheese omelette with beans. 
That was quite a few other players. Wrighty, Ian Wright, his yeah. was a fillet steak with a fried egg on top. Whoa. You were like, totally the wrong Be thing. that chef yeah, at the table. No, <laughs> a, steak takes, a, a steak takes a long time to digest. Yeah. You know, so that was the wrong thing. The wrong but thing. it was the thing that made him feel good. Right. But then Arson came in and changed it and it was like boiled fish, boiled chicken, pasta, wow. boiled veg. Carbs, oh, they carbs and protein. Yeah. He was uh, making like, warriors. Loads of it as well. Because he brought in like a few uh, French players with him and they were already on the diet and they were eating mounds, platefuls of food. And we were like, they're never going to be able to run around for 90 minutes on that. And oh, they never stopped. Like fuel. It, cause yeah. it, was, like, it was like actually it something It was the to right draw. stuff and it was at least three hours before the game. Right. So then your body's so digesting it. in the it. right place yeah. in your body. Very yeah. clever. Very, because at the time yeah. probably quite groundbreaking. It was, it was massively thinking. groundbreaking. Yeah. You know, and he was, he was ahead of everybody. Then people started cutting you know, the to like, oh, what are they doing? You know, like right. on, on England, duty, we'd be having our food and like people like Gary Neville would be like, oh, what are they eating? Oh, oh it's, it's a team sport. We should be on the same. <laughs> and that. then he took it back to Man United and told right, them and they... Right. Bastards! Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> but that's so interesting that one person can have that kind of impact across a oh, whole sport. Like yeah, that. and especially in the Premier League he did. You know, later on in his, in his career, you know, people caught him up, you know, and... and did the same thing and then took it a little bit further. Yeah, and Frankie, at this time, you said you said that you're nine years younger than David. At this time, I mean, we all know, knew who David Seymour was. I definitely did. Did you? <laughs> well, it's difficult because I left England. I left the UK when I was 18. And that's where my professional career started. So David would have been 27 at that time. Mm -hmm. So I guess you would have been becoming famous. But I, I've never been a huge football fan. I support Sheffield United. So that probably explains a lot about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that there. Um, so um, I did grow up, you know, watching football. I'm not laughing too much because no, I know I'll get into not. trouble. Of course not. <laughs> Keep it here, David. Keep it. Yeah, just here. The face speaks volumes. <laughs> <laughs> However, so I did grow up watching. Uh, my friend lived across the street from the ground, so we would sneak out of her sort of attic window and we could see a little bit of the game. So I had watched Sheffield United going up. Yeah, it was great. Uh, again, we didn't have any money either, so we couldn't afford tickets, but we could afford to sit atop this terrace house and see what was going on. Mm. Never saw your play as far as I know. But I feel like you couldn't miss Seaman because you had a ponytail, for exactly. one. Exactly, and a tash. Uh, right? I was and born with a tash. Ponytail and a tash. <laughs> <laughs> but it was such a look, David. Did you know that you were kind of giving yourself a look, or did you think about image? No. So my dad had long hair. Yeah, you got a good head of my hair. My dad had stop. got long hair and a, and a beard and a, and a tash. And he was a bit of a rocker. He was a steel worker. Um, my mum was a barmaid. You know. Yeah, and she owned her own shop after. And then, and then, yeah. But so, like, until we, until we were fourteen, we lived in a terrace house with like no bathroom. We didn't have any, You know, our bath was a tin bath and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. We did have a lot of money. And then at fourteen, my mum and dad bought a grocery shop that sold like fresh sandwiches and sweet. We, me and my brother thought we'd gone to Disneyland. No, I mean, <laughs> we were like Willy Wonka going to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. The totally. sweets were there and, and we were like, whoa. And it's our parents' <laughs> shop. Like, These are ours. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it. It's like proper Pocky. sweetie yeah. shop with the sweets in the, in the jars and, and stuff. Everything. But like, when cream we, cakes. Cream, cream cakes. cakes. Cream cakes. Oh yeah. Cream. Old school, like proper yeah. old school grocery like Bacon sandwiches. Yeah. Oh, vanilla slices. <laughs> and, oh. <laughs> and this way, it was like that when I was 14 as well. Greatest <laughs> day like, of our lives. But you must have had like uh, some kind of real focus though with the football because you well, know to get to where you got to, you must have yeah. had a real. Well, what what happened was is, so I went. So I've always been a Leeds, Leeds United fan, right? And I went to Leeds as a 16 year old, right? 
goalkeeper. I had a choice of going to Yorkshire Cricket or Leeds Football Club because I was a fast bowler as well. So I went to Leeds as a 16-year-old, two-year apprenticeship, signed a two-year pro deal, and then after one year as a pro, they, Leeds turned around and told me I weren't good enough. Oh my god! You know, so I was released, and yeah, I was I, mean, I was devastated. You must have been heartbroken. You know, not not just the fact that you know we spoke about earlier, and I wasn't very good at school, so I had nothing. Right. And like for two weeks, I didn't know what I was going to do. But then I got a call from Peterborough, fourth division, like bottom division. But I went. I didn't even know where Peterborough was. Which would be like second division now. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, and I went down there, but I went straight into the first team, and ever since that day, I was a number one all the way through my career. Yeah, just right. up, up, up yeah. from that moment. But what I wanted to say is the motivation of proving people wrong yes. is a massive motivation. Oh, it's a big driver, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And I coach at Arsenal now. You know, I go in once a week and I get to speak to some of the lads that aren't going to get offered a contract. And I say to them, like, look at my story. Yeah. You know, I know you feel it's over now. Right. But it ain't. Because mm. you just never know what's around the corner, do no. you? you know, so you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And sometimes it's necessity, isn't it, Andy? Like, you know, you've had those moments when you've been low or dark or you think, well, this is it, it's over. What am I going to do yeah. now? But actually, you don't really sometimes have time to think about that. You just have to keep moving yeah. forwards. Mm. You and have no choice. One of the things yeah. about having her really young... Because I was there. <laughs> ...was I had a baby to feed. I didn't, yeah. I didn't you have, have no time. choice. I didn't yeah. have time to... I mean, you know, I would feel low, go through whatever I was going through, and then go, right, well, you, yeah, OK, so that was nice. Where's the next paycheck <laughs> coming from? We need to go yeah. and get yeah. some money yeah. because you need to feed the baby. And that was the thing that kept me... Mm. Moving forward, I think, you know, having a baby really young, people sort of kind of go, oh, you know, terrible decision. But actually, I think it kept me alive and kept me elderly. It gave you a together. focus as well. Yes, because I had mm. to. It's like if I wasn't there for her, who was yeah. going to be there? Do you know yeah. what I mean? And also, so I think there's times when you realise that nobody's there for you. Yeah. You know, you have to accept that sometimes. I know a lot of people talk about, well, you know, I need help and, and I need a support system. Not everybody has that. Not everybody has a support system. Not everybody has help that they can lean on. And great if you do, but even still, if you're by yourself, that is another yeah. motivator to keep you moving forward. It's like, there's nobody else that's going to help me here. That's why I've got to help myself. so important, you know, outside of, you know, what's inside the four walls of your house. Talk to us a bit about the charity that you're working with. Hats on for mind. Hats on for mind. Mm. Hats yeah. on for mind, because you, you sound like you're making connections and creating those kind of yeah. communities. Well, it's, it's together with Go Outdoors, and I'm involved in that through Fishing Republic. You know, for my, my love of fishing. And we've done this campaign and it's the second year now and the first year did really, really well. You know, we raised a lot of money. I think it was over 200 and something thousand. Fantastic. Yeah, you know, and so this year we've, we've decided to do a hat. I designed my hat as, for a fisherman. Oh. <laughs> Basically, they said to David, no. <laughs> Feel like design a hat for fishing. I was like, yes. Yes. yes, I can. They basically presented him with his dream job. Could you please, <laughs> could you please design some fishing equipment? Yeah. That was, that was last year. This year, they came back and said, we'd like you to design a different hat so he gets to go at it again. Oh, and a flask. If you know something that kind of brings you peace and you know can he knows you know what it can do for your life because I, I feel the same about skipping and I have a business that I'm building um, called Ropes which is just really encouraging everyone to skip to jump up and down because even if you don't have any money or if you don't think you're very sporty everyone's skipped in their life you don't need space and either yeah, you, you can just, just literally a have a yeah, yeah. Little, yeah I, mean, I used to do a lot of skipping in, in, in my early 
early years as a goalkeeper. Oh, no way! Because it builds your calves up, doesn't it, really well? Yes. You know, and that's the for the jumping, the little little feet movements. Yeah, I'm really happy you said that because we've got two skipping ropes and we're going to have a little skip. <laughs> we're going to have, have, have a skip off. We're going to have a little <laughs> skip off. It's a, a little skip off. A little bit competitive. But, I, are, but I, really, I really love the way that you are using something that you know did beautiful things for you and just sharing that with people because it's like... I need to tell you what this could do for you. What does yeah. fishing do and for that, you? And that's the same, yeah, with the campaign that we're doing. It's about getting yourself outdoors. Yes. When I go fishing, it's like an extra layer on top. Yes. Yeah. I always take my binoculars because I love bird watching. Me too. And, like and not not to get away from everything, but just to to make myself feel a little bit better as well. Mm. There's like a quietness around yeah. that. When I, I was yeah. reading about your love for fishing, I was thinking, God, you really like this. Oh. Is a real soulful, mm. passionate connection that you have to this activity. It is, you know, and <laughs> Do you fish with him, Frankie? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Didn't you just hear what he said about peace and quiet, and then you see me? Come on now, ladies. No. <laughs> Are you crazy? I know you do trains. Do you go on your own? Yeah, I go, I go on, my, on my own. I go overnight. I camp out. I've actually, so it was my, my 60th in September, right? So Frankie actually bought me a van and it's a fishing van. Oh, fucking good. And honestly, present. it is, oh, it was me. so good. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and now I've got like my bed chair in there. So I sleep in the van. Oh, I've got my, my fishing God. gear. There's not not all the lakes you can go to that that you can do this, but there's one that's really local to us where I could just pull up, drive onto the lake, drive round it, pick my swim. There I go, oh and the goodness. van is absolutely. And perfect. how long is that? One night. So I would do a week if I had time. Do you know honestly, how scared, do you know how I'm not into camping my mum is? So she's I, like, so what are we talking? Twenty four really? hours? Oh my god! <laughs> like, An afternoon? I, I will do. You know, I, I'm, I'm hoping to get out next week because I, I keep t- telling people I've got I've done a dry January. They're like, what, really? I would, yeah, I haven't been fishing yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking loads of wine, but I haven't been fishing. Yeah. So you guys train together, don't you? You like exercise together. Couples that skate together stay together. I bet they do, though. <laughs> yeah. Frankie, I bet they do. I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to do something like that with your partner. It's an interesting dynamic, though, because obviously I'm the expert on the rink. And mm. so obviously, and I'm quite a forceful person in real life. You probably know. No, noticed. you don't say. Bit of a force of nature, I know. You hold it down really well. Bubbling. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about it, though. When, like, when we go everywhere, we go to all these different dinners and charity dos and everything, and people like are talking to me and then. Everybody assumes because I'm a wag and a nice getter, then probably a bit of a shrinking violet, or maybe not got much to offer. I don't know. know. You know how it is. Women always get underestimated, don't they? Boom! Frankie's here. And it's like, whoa! So you weren't together when you were in the heady days of Arsenal. Well, you were at Arsenal for 13 years. Um, He'd retired already by the time I met him. Right, and you retired at 40. Yeah. And you, I read that you were ready, you said, years 20 years ago. Yeah. The thing about a goalie, I think, is that there is such an opportunity to be villainised because there's kind of an yeah. opportunity to let something in or make a mistake in a yeah. way that maybe if you're on the pitch, it's not quite so obvious. You know, I've watched the Beckham documentary recently, I'm sure we all have. Yeah. And just seeing what David went through for those years it was and the fact that we were all, not participating, but we were all there. I remember him yeah. being booed we're all for laughing everything at it. he did. Going you knew what he was going yeah. through. Yeah. So for you, for the moments when you've been villainised mm. or... And, the press have attacked you the country's attacked you how how did you deal with that stuff you went fishing yeah yeah you, you stay out of the way you, you've got to use your head a bit you know because 
And especially being a goalkeeper, you know that a mistake can happen at any time. You know, the Brazilian game, for instance, or even the Naim one, you know, mm. that was the last minute of extra time I know, it's just... to then go to penalties. In the semi-final before that, I saved three penalties in the penalty shootout right. to get us to that final. Right. But nobody remembers that. Then that's that. just yeah. forgotten. You make one remember, mistake and that's and, all yeah, anyone And then in the final, about. I had a great game. I made lots of saves, but everybody remembers the mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the same thing with, even with England, when we played Brazil with Ronaldinho, you know, and going back to how we were talking about David Beckham, I was on the pitch after I'd let that goal in. We'd still got half an hour of the game to go. And I'm thinking, wow, come on, lads, get me out of this. Because if it stays at 2-1, am I going to get treated the same way that Bex did mm-hmm. for letting this goal in? You know, these sort of thoughts it's are going a through real your head. Fear. Yeah, you know, so, but, but as a goalkeeper, I always say to people that you've got to be mentally so strong. Yeah. You know that you're going to make a mistake, and then it's how you deal with that mistake. Yeah. You know, can you make a mistake in the first five minutes and then carry on with your normal game for the rest of the game? Because you have to, you have to then You've make, got you to, have to yeah. Because if you don't, you might make another mistake oh, yeah, and then another it. and another. You right? kind of have to then dig deeper. Yeah. In a way, don't you? Yeah. you have to go right. And yeah. you've got more to prove, Hold right? it together. Exactly, it but together. then, but you're aware of doing that. Yeah. When I speak to young goalkeepers, and I say to them, like, you're going to make mistakes. It's what you do next that matters. And I say to them, even if the ball just comes to you and you've got a throw, purposely mean to do it and then build slowly on it. Right. This is why I love sports, because they're just so mirror life. It's like metaphor. Yeah, because that's like life a kind of amazing metaphor yeah. for life. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Exactly that. Because obviously we had that awful experience with well I mean it was a beautiful game and everything was going beautifully and then we go to penalties and and sorry I'm talking about Marcus Rashford Saka mm-hmm. etc oh, uh, that was uh, just absolutely abused yeah to a level where you have to remember that we're talking about kids they're like yeah. young boys mm. that are doing their best I, almost I think, think the it, press play a big part of it let's yeah they it. do and it almost you know, gives them an excuse to have a go at the players yeah because there's a lot of envy towards football wow. players yes of course they don't see us training on Christmas Day. Exactly. Getting ready for Boxing Day. But I, I also think it's a British mentality thing as well. Yeah, I do think that people totally like yeah. to villainise their heroes. They like to drag them down to as low as they can go and then build them back up again and then drag them down again. It's that kind of um, pantomime sort of story. Yes. But without realising that there's real people involved with real feelings. And I don't care if you make a billion pounds uh, a minute... Feeling. You still have feelings, and you still you can be vulnerable to that. So you know, money cannot insulate you from from vilification. So mm-hmm. I think I think it, the press don't really help, and I don't think that you know kids watching football and will have watched that the the incident that you were talking about with Rashford and the guys. I don't think the kids would have felt that animosity towards them. I think they would have just been very upset and very sad, as we all were, yeah. that it didn't work out the way we wanted, but it's the adult world that kind of can change that it around. It was quite... I, I, even I, and like I say, I don't watch football. I'm not really aware of it most well, of the time. Well, she pretended but... to like football when she was trying to ensnare oh. my stepfather. Yeah. So she watched... She's been of... threatening to take me to court for years. <laughs> <laughs> false, false advertising. <laughs> she watched a few football I was like, focuses. oh, that's so interesting, darling. <laughs> yeah. Football focus, you say. I'll watch that. I'm literally not interested. No, it's in at all. And then she well, got him and was like, like oh, turn this shit off. <laughs> and he was like, oh, oh. Is there a part of you that's somewhat relieved that you met David at a time where the, this kind of attention so on I, his job I think that calmed. David's celebrity status is the least attractive thing about him. And I say that from a place where I love everything about my husband. He's such a powerfully happy person. Oh. Uh, and I'm... 
I'm a steamroller. Literally, I need a brick wall to stop me sometimes because I'm go, go, go. I, I can do a million things at once. I can be a pretty grumpy with that. I mean, I know, obviously, I'm menopausal, so that kicks in as well. Oh, so nice. I can be quite good. Yeah, lovely. Lovely, <laughs> lovely little mix what there. One giant, angry hormone. It's a great big party, isn't it? <laughs> but sometimes I just need um, David to kind of stop me in my tracks, and he yeah. does because he's such a powerful human being I think you find what you need mm -hmm. so I definitely needed that but I always say as much as I love him his celebrity state is probably the least attractive thing mm -hmm. and it's something you know it's been 15 years now and it's something I've kind of become more used to but I'm, I've never really been comfortable although I'm an ice skater I'm an entertainer I've been in live tv I've yep. performed all over the world but there's a different level yeah, because when is... you're an ice skater in a live show on an ice rink or in a theater there's no accessibility to you. You know, at the end of the day, you do your job, you go home and you celebrate with your friends. But with David, it's constant accessibility and everybody that meets him thinks they own him or that he owes them something. Yes. Yeah. Because with somebody like you, who's like a proper, like, an iconic figure within what you've done, yeah. people do feel a certain amount of ownership and they do mm. feel like you have a responsibility yeah. to connect and engage with them. I guess that's what the fishing's about. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> my own and I'm like see ya yeah. even like when I go out on my bike I always go on my own so do you find it strange that you're famous you have to manage it and you have to work it because when you get to the levels that I got to you know with Arsenal that's going to bring fame you know but when, when you're a kid I remember like being an apprentice at Leeds as we spoke about earlier practicing my autograph Right. When I was on the phone, like to my mum and dad, and that, and I was like, and I would do hundreds of them, just practicing oh. it, and, and like thinking, oh my god, I can't wait for someone to ask me for my autograph, <laughs> nice. and I'm like, oh yeah, god. Yeah, careful what you wish for. <laughs> no. Careful what you wish for, David. You're but powerful. Now, now it's now it's a little bit better because it's always it's nearly always selfies. Selfies are so easy, it's like really. quicker, but it just means you have to look pretty decent all the time. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. go out looking like a right scruff, can mm. you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but actually, people no, having that kind of access to you all yeah. the time, or feeding that emotionally connected mm. to you all the time do you do, is does it feel like a responsibility that a little bit but it's it's a pleasurable one isn't it you know mm. and if people are coming up to you and they're smiley and happy then it's great i remember as a 11 year old at school and we won a five-a-side competition and we had two players from rotherham united come up into our playground and present us with our little medals oh. i never forgot that that time mm. and now i whenever i you know if i if i'm out I'll, and somebody asks me i will always do it because you never know that they might have all my pictures on their wall yeah. and then you turn around and say no and that just destroys you. Yeah, you've got to yeah, remember that 11-year-old that, that you were that exactly. was like, wow. Yeah. And also, I think that it's quite important in terms of like young people humanising their heroes, you know, to realise that that's an actual person because, you know, before you meet somebody that's famous that you kind of worship or you really look up to, yeah. they seem otherworldly, don't they? And then the first time you meet somebody mm, yeah. that you've got masses of admiration for and they're really human, you kind of understand that you can do amazing things too because yeah. it's a hu another human I being. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, yeah. Andy, because I, I do think that once somebody becomes a human being to you instead of just an icon or an idol yeah. or a poster mm. on your wall then everything else becomes or seems to become achievable like i could be like that person too yeah. what does it take to be an excellent incredibly successful footballer i mean a goalkeeper specifically actually what are the things that you a need lot to of be... dedication yeah a lot of sacrifice you know especially as a young a youngster because nowadays the, the guys are getting taken at the ages of 10 Wow. even nine and ten year old and then they're they're just coached all the way through but then they have to like give up a lot of their like private life the hours of training that people don't see 
I think it's really important for people to understand that. I mean, I think if you're a massive football fan, you know, but it really, it's hard fucking work. Like it's a dedication oh, of life. Dedication of, like you say, of life, because the amount of time that you're away from your, from your family, you're stuck in a hotel preparing for games. You know, you go to all these different countries and you never see them. All you see is an aeroplane, right. a hotel, a stadium, and then back on the aeroplane. So how close were you with your teammates? I mean, were, were, they, were you all friends? No. no, your teammates, mm. and then you have a few friends within, you know, like yeah. real friends within the group. You know, like my my best friend is Lee Dixon, but no, everybody thinks know. that you all go out together and everything. You don't, because you, you're with each other all the time. Yeah. What's it like for you, Frankie, with with ice skating? Do you um, mm -hmm. is it uh, how many people are you travelling with, and what, what what does that look like? So I would sign up more typically for like a two four, six month contract, a year contract, right? And you'd stay with that team for the entire time, but then you'd move on to a different show. They would move on. We were together more and we were together more intensely because we'd be in a foreign country and we'd be living together. Right. Um, whereas David would kind of dip in and out of his right. living situation. He'd be at home or, and then he'd be with his teammates. I would be with my teammates all the time. Mm. But equally as, you know, I think, I think it's Australia that will offer you um, a degree or a PhD based on how well you do in your given sport. Wow. Whereas I think in the UK we don't recognise that. So, you know, I would consider that my knowledge of ice skating would be PhD level com yeah. compa comparative to somebody else that has a knowledge in, I don't know, astrophysics or whatever, right. obviously. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, New brain science, surgery. Stuff yeah, like that. Clearly. It's, exactly, <laughs> it's basically exactly the same thing, right? <laughs> but what I mean is that the breadth of knowledge that I would have in a sport, the breadth of knowledge that David has in his sport, yeah. if it was recognised, I guess, as a certificate, people would legitimise it more, I suppose. Whereas yeah. now it's just like, oh, you're just a footballer, you're just an ice skater. Yes. And you forget that these kids have been training since they were 10 years old. Yeah. Like, I literally started work at 10. Yeah. So, of course, I was doing my education alongside that, but I started my career at 10 years old. That's you started your career when you were whatever eight or whatever the first time you kicked a ball was the yeah. start of your training yeah. so it's not like we kind of went through the traditional educational route and at 18 we went to uni and then we got a degree and of mm. course we started training much younger but mm. of course then we retired much younger and we retired for a long yeah. time yeah because you were ready to retire when you were oh, 40 I was, yeah. you? I was 40 and knackered <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> cream power, apparently I was well past it but at 39 I made a great save against Sheffield United oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> we were chatting about this earlier, weren't we? Oh, we'll be chatting about it when we get home yeah. as well. Don't worry about that. This is for the car, this chat. But David, I was thinking, 40, is that quite old to stay in the game? Yeah. 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 And it's basically staying at the top. I was playing for Man City at the time. You know, I'd left Arsenal after 13 years and 13 fantastic years. Yeah, best. And we were playing away at Wolves and the ball was down the other end and I got my arms behind my back as I used to do and I was like, what am I doing here? Really? And that's the only time I'd ever had a feeling like that at all. Wow. And I knew, you know, people have said before, you know, you'll, that there'll be a sign. Something will happen to you and you'll realise that it's time to call it a day. Do you think it's because of the team that you were, were you just not gelling with Man City or just... No, I just, just, just had enough, yeah. Being away from home as, as well, up in Manchester and all that sort of stuff. And, mm. and, then, and then I decided, so the next day I went in and saw Kevin Keegan and I said, look, and I said he was my manager and I said look just to let you know I'm going to retire in the summer but then 10 days later I got a hit on my shoulder with a knee and the x-rays showed that I got a lot of wear and tear and if yeah. I carried on there was a chance of it starting to dislocate and I was like I've had enough I'm, I'm ready done. I can't wait for retirement 
This man actually loves retirement, I have to say. I bet. You, he retired 20 years. You but retirement it. is just like married it's to Frank, fishing, <laughs> cooking. Yeah. It's beautiful. People say to me, oh, do you miss football? I go, no. Because <laughs> you played really hard, really long at the very top. Yeah. You experienced it in yeah. the most brilliant way yeah. you could possibly, and the lows, highs and lows. You kind of exactly. went through yeah, all of I it. I had a lot of it and, you know, came out of it as, a, as a, ha- a very happy guy. Well, it's been so lovely to meet you. I do just want to ask one more question. How did you ask Frankie out? Whoa. You're always yeah. asking people that. She's yeah, so lovely. <laughs> or did Frankie ask you out? No, it was on, on the, um, when I was the guest judge, wasn't it? You know, I was like, do you fancy swapping numbers? Oh. <laughs> oh. That's poetry. Yeah. That's poetry. That, yeah. That's poetry in Yorkshire. That's <laughs> swapping that's numbers. That's Yorkshire yeah. love language. It, it, it's a I bit more romantic that. than get your coat, love, you pulled. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're basically John Keats. I did propose to her in a very nice way, didn't you I? You did. Oh. Did you watch it? Took it to Mauritius. Oh. And then proposed to her as well. Oh, I mean, that'll do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on well, the beach. On the beach. Yes. <laughs> That's a yes from Frankie. <laughs> not, oh. even, not even a breath. Yes. <laughs> no pausing. Well, thank you so, so much. Lovely to but meet But can you, I just though. say, the food. Oh, yeah. Oh, By the way, I've had seconds. The, I had <laughs> I'm going to give you some to take home. Everything was so good. This was. That's the, those are um, pickle shallots, chilli pickle shallots. Yeah, yeah. that's easy. We, that's have, easy. we have a little shallot joke, don't we? Yeah. So that's shallot. That's that, shallot. That, yeah. <laughs> that's what you should have ended the show with. Time. Anyway, you two, <laughs> that's <Set> shallot. <laughs> <laughs> No, my outro has to be David Stephen. Honestly, thank you, thank you for being such a hero and being so excellent in all the work you've ever done and bringing thank such you. glory to our country and just doing the most spectacular job in football. I, I really am a huge fan <laughs> of yours. And Frankie, thank you for being such a fantastic human being. I'm so happy yeah. to have met you. Really, very excellent. Yeah, just an excellent, <laughs> excellent really human. Good. Do you want to just tell um, our listeners something about um, uh, hats on for mine? How they can find out about the work and yeah, just go on to the Hats on for Mine campaign website, and um, all the details will be there. But it's a fantastic campaign, and when you meet these people that have got mental health problems, and you speak to them, and then they, they get on board with it, you know, and then, and then they tell you the stories of when they have started to go out, and that they have found a lot of peace. It makes it all worthwhile. It makes it worthwhile. And some bloke has, has designed an amazing hat, right? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not, yeah, <laughs> and I thought. Mum. Yeah. Safe hands. Safe hands. Now I know who you're talking about. Safe hands. What a brilliant pair of human beings. Well, they both really found a beautiful thing when they found each other, yeah. didn't they? She's got this beautiful energy, but she really understands the man she married. Yeah. He seems quite t- a really tender-hearted individual. Oh, do you know I'm what so I mean? I'm so pleased that you've met a footballer that you just love. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought it? And then it's interesting to think about, not just about him being a famous, iconic, per- mm. cultural figure, but just such an excellent Sportsman. Safe hands. Safe hands. <laughs> I'm, when I say that now, I need you to know that I'm, I'm talking about kindness and love and David Seaman. Whenever yeah. I mention safe hands, I mean, let's show kindness. Safe hands, Mum. Safe hands. But you know what was interesting as well, actually, when he was talking about 
um, when he was describing what you do when you've made a mistake. Yes. And the way that that was analogous to life in general, that, you know, don't go for the... don't You don't necessarily then have to take terrible chances so that you're going to, you know, actually make another mistake. The thing to do is sit back for a minute and go back to your training. Go do back to your training you know, and then build yourself um, back up. And I was slowly. like, life lessons from David Seaman. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was a beautiful energy to have through mm. our doors and at our table mm. and this is why this podcast is so special to us because I don't think we'd ever would have met David Seaman or sat down with David Seaman and his beautiful wife Frankie <laughs> and I just feel very like lucky Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 